Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper, episode 104, 104. It's your friend DJ Payne here and on this fortnight's episode, Matthew Jacoby and I sit down and we finish our three-part series on the book of Job. I know, only three episodes to go through. Some people's most favourite book and others' most troubling book in the in the Old Testament, if not the Bible. So we're finishing off the book of Job. We've got the last five chapters to get through in this episode, chapters 38 to 42. There is some really big moments in this uh, section of the Bible. So be prepared. Grab your Bible, grab your pen, and grab your copy of Thrive as we go through this crucial meeting of Job his friends, and God himself on this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matt, we've got birds chirping out one door, and then in Mm. the back door here in the studio, there's a lawnmower over the... And and the the interesting thing is, is that the microphones pick up the lawnmower better than my ears, because it wasn't... I didn't seem as loud to me... As when I put the headphones on. Okay, so apologies if you are listening in headphones and through somehow the pro audio processing that we use does not filter out the lawnmower in the background. Apologies. Welcome to uh, spring in Australia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the people are coming out of, out of the woodwork here and, and taking care of their lawns. Now, Matt, this is it. Our third part in our three-part uh, series in the book of Job. We, we've, we've saved the best to last. This is it, the final five chapters. Um, it's all about God. But before we get into that, which we've really been looking forward to, we've got questions. Yeah. Okay, we've got questions that have come in online, and um, there's been quite a few questions, but I'm going to try to distill it down to a few here. I've got wonderful questions. We'll start off with some questions from Sam, and Sam C. uh, says, uh, you know, he loves the book of Job. He really, really does, but he's got a couple of questions. Uh, Question number one, um, did God make Job go through all of these uh, moments of grief and loss just to prove a point to Satan? If so, that seems like our life is meaningless to God, which of course it's not. So why did he make Job go through all these traumatic events? Uh, well, And if you think we're going to get yeah. to it this episode, you can say, okay, you know, we'll get to it on the yeah, you know, well, during- I mean, this is, this is the thing about the book, is that we actually don't get a lot of answers in the book. Okay. So uh, it, it would be perhaps counterproductive to answer things that the book deliberately leaves unanswered. Okay. Um, so, uh, why does, you know, why did God allow all of that? Well, of course, that's what Job is wondering that's, the whole time through. And and I think that question uh, highlights the fact that having the perspective that we have from the opening two chapters yeah. with, with Satan's challenge and God allowing this yes. uh, doesn't necessarily answer the dilemma that's a great that, that we're left uh, it, because in the end god says well um i couldn't even explain it to you if i wanted to because your mind actually cannot yeah. contain the reasons why yeah um and i think we've got another question there along yeah, these lines and got, maybe we'll get a little deeper into yeah, this with the neck with this question exactly we've got a few more okay so sam goes on to say it also seems that the book of job makes clear point and again we'll probably get into this sam these are great questions uh, this goes against the theology that that i believe that most of the people have in the world of cause and effect that is a good person follows the good ways or god's ways and then the person has a peaceful and blessed life and vice versa and, and then Sam says, look, is that a correct, correct assumption about the book of Job, that it really pushes against the theology of cause and effect? In a way, it does. Um, so, uh, but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't contradict, for example, the Deuteronomic blessings and curses, because those things stand. It's just that um, th- they may not happen in exactly that way or in the immediate future. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yes. I do something good, 
I expect something good in return. I do something bad, I expect something bad in return. Um, uh, so, yes, in a way, that's right. And, and I'm going to make a very, very important qualification here. Mm. Um, so, in a sense, that is that is true, but it's not necessarily true in an immediate sense. So, uh, Paul... Uh, says what a man sows that a man reaps okay so we we reap what we sow in yeah. this uh, but not necessarily straight away this is the thing and uh in in most case well actually ultimately in every case mm. we only really uh get uh the the reaping part mm-hmm. after we die okay in the next life. Yep. In, in its fullest sense. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yep. um, and anything that happens in this life is, is designed really to um, awaken us, remind us. If, if there's elements of judgment in this life, it's to remind us of a greater judgment beyond this life. Yes. If there are elements of blessing in this life, it's to remind us of a greater blessing beyond this life. I like so it. That's the first perspective. The second perspective is that no one really deserves anything good from God. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, we are all tainted by imperfection. All of our actions, everything we do is is tainted by imperfection. So, it's not not really that we do good things and therefore we earn some blessing from God. We don't don't have anything in the bank. Yeah. We don't have credit in the bank at all. So, everything that we're given is by grace anyway. Yes. And so, once you add that perspective in there, the grace perspective, mm. the cause and effect thing becomes really problematic because mm. um, what Jesus did is that he came in and interjected between the normal process of cause and effect. Mm. So, we, so I mean, a classic expression of the cause and effect thing is the whole idea of karma, you know. Mm. It's, and, and in fact, uh, I, I read a book uh, on, by a, a Buddhist writer uh, because I just wanted to understand Buddhism because it's so popular today and... And he, he quoted the Bible to explain karma. You right. know, that what a man sows, that a man should also reap. And he says, mm. well, Buddhists basically say the same thing. But with now, now Christianity brings a key, key difference. Mm. And the key difference is that Jesus comes and he interrupts mm. the connection between cause and effect. So, we deserved yep. judgment. We deserve condemnation. Jesus takes the condemnation on himself in our place, so we get the good things that we don't deserve. Uh, so, we get favour even though we yeah, don't deserve it. So, so Sam's almost coming at it in the negative side of this, yep. the opposite side of that, that sometimes like you're saying that we who deserve judgment yep. and separation from God through Christ, we get the opposite yeah. through the cause and effect. Sam is saying that in Job we almost see the inverse, at least for the time being, yeah, yeah. that Job has been good, doing great things, and then the negative side happens. Yeah, that's right. So, um, again, uh, Job, Job's godliness, uh, any blessing that that incurs in, in his lifetime is really just a taster of the ultimate reward for that which is beyond this lifetime, from a whole, yes. from a biblical worldview perspective, yeah. uh, and, and particularly the New Testament perspective as well. Okay. So, and that this probably leads, I think, I think this is actually all leading into Meg's question. Well, we got one more before Meg's. I mean, this is it. Oh, I mean, okay. again, and again, we've had more questions. Job brings right, okay. up questions, but I found a few that really sum it up. And one, one last short one from Mark. This is from Mark R. Mark says, "Just wondering, since Satan had his way, in a sense, up to a limit." way with Job, do you think that this is an ongoing process today? Meaning, you know, do we have this commentary going on in our everyday lives? Is Satan having, is that thing happening today as a believer? Is God saying to Satan in heaven today, hey, look at Matt Jacoby. He's a great, he's a righteous man. And and, and Job's saying, well, check this. Uh, you know, I mean, Job, Satan is saying, check this out. Does that happen today? <laughs> Uh, what do you think? <laughs> uh, look, that is a. I, I, I don't know. That's okay, why I would. Okay, I would say. Um, I would say. I think the 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 key elements. It's interesting to note the key elements. The the accusation. Yeah. Um, of Satan, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a gold digger, basically. Yeah. Okay, so that's very true of everything that's described of Satan in the, in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. That challenge, the desire to sway God's people and to get them to curse God, that also is very true to the way that Satan is described in the New Testament. Correct. So I would say, in in even though it may it it, it won't 
necessarily it may not necessarily be in that sense mm-hmm. exactly that sense i think the basic elements do actually carry through into our experience yeah yeah is that clear enough or have i no 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 i think i think you're, you're doing great when well, we might get into this a little bit later on because i think the framing of Job has been a really helpful thing for me because we are introduced at the beginning of the of the story, of the narrative of Job, of a spiritual reality. Mm. But then, as we get into this, when God comes to explain himself to Job, he doesn't bring into that spiritual... God himself, at the end, doesn't say, hey, by the way, this is what happened. Yeah, that's He right. uses it completely... So. In one sense, I think for me, thinking about my life, I go, yes, there's a spiritual reality and I pray about that and I trust God to do to do about that, but it really comes to trusting yeah. God. I think yeah. the last thing I would want to know if is, is if there was this satanic argument going on in heaven about me because all of a sudden I would be not trusting God or I would be praying against something that is not my area to deal with. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think the important thing to recognise about the opening scene and the little glimpse that we get into the heavenly realms. By the very fact that we are getting a little glimpse into the heavenly realms, I think we need to assume that's the tip of of a very large iceberg. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, and, and I think this is what comes out at the end of the book is that there are there are things and reasons going on here that cannot be grasped by the human mind. Yes, which means that we need to go with that back to the beginning of the book and say, okay, we're given something here, but there's way more to it just than this. Okay, okay, yeah, all right. We'll get into that. I think we're going to get into that a little bit more. All right, Meg, it's your time to shine. Meg, Meg T has uh, given us a great, great question. She's called it her essay, um, and she's written this a little while ago to us. And and, and bless you, Meg. She's been a great uh, supporter, and um, you know, uh, you know, great commentator on what we do mm. in Thrive. And I love her and part of the community. But soon as soon as we mentioned the Book of Job. She said, oh, i got some issues. And so this is what Meg's yeah. written. And maybe you're like Meg, Meg listening now. Maybe, you, maybe you're getting into this. And I'm going to try to – it's such a well-written essay here. Yeah. I'm going to read it for what it is. She says, the entire premise of Job occurs because God and Satan basically had a bet going on about how righteous Job was and how much stuff they could throw at him to test him out. It's like some sort of sick experiment. And it seems to me that not only was it senseless suffering, which is hard enough to deal with on its own, but it feels like it's even encouraged by God. It's like he says to Satan, look at my faithful servant Job. And he's proud and that's great. But when Satan says he wouldn't be so faithful to you if you didn't bless him so much, well, then God's just like, okay, do what you want. So... um, you know, so, so for, what, for what reason? So God could prove a point to the devil? He's God for crying out loud. He doesn't need to prove a point to the most evil being in the universe. For them, furthermore, if God is meant to be omnipotent, he'd know that Job would, Job would remain faithful, despite it all, which leads me to th- back to why God encouraged it in the first place. Not to mention it was more than once, just to prove a point. And then when Job finally gets to ask God why, and honestly, sometimes it doesn't even matter why. It's an expression of just his angst. He basically gets told off by God. And it's pitiful ins- insignificance pointed out by the loving just father who was basically the cause of it all in the first place. How was any of it just? God didn't need to prove Job's, Job's faithfulness to Satan. He's God for crying out loud. It's just always, I've just always struggled with the notion of who God appears to be in Job. It seems to be in complete conflict with a God that apparently loved the world so much that he sent his only son to die for it. He may not have been the one to strike Job down directly, but he gave Satan the green light twice to do so to prove a point. Um, if all uh, it just makes me wonder if all the suffering we all go through in our lives is actually just God playing games with his children that he so loves. And maybe what if we've been taught it, maybe what I've been taught my whole life about God through the Bible and my church and my own apparent relationship is just wrong. It's the first thing you learn as a kid that God loves you and yet, he didn't really love Job all that much to treat him like that. Good on Job for remaining faithful, but Satan had a field day and God didn't care. It 
was cruel. <laughs> and I think that's a great, great introduction to this final yeah, part. Sounds like a psalm. There are plenty of psalms, <laughs> lament psalms that uh, that do things like that and yep. that, that uh, voice complaints like that. So well done, Meg, for uh, for honestly grappling with the text. And I think actually we need to be able to do that. I think a lot of people think that I struggle with it, but I don't feel like I can voice that, or I don't feel like and and I and I just really want to validate. Oh. Um, well that, said. Uh, that that process, because um, I think it's important that we that we confront some things here. So, so let's let's talk through some of the elements. Uh, just that first point again. <clears throat> in some of these reactions from Sam, from Mark, and from Meg here, and other questions that came in, a lot of people, and I, I don't, you'll hear me say this like a broken record. Sometimes the feeling that you're having as you read through a book or a story yeah. of shock or cruelty <laughs> or yeah. disgust or whatever it is. That's what you're meant to yeah. feel. And I think that's what you're meant to feel in the book of Job. Exactly. You're meant to feel his anger and his grief. And in fact, Job himself uh, voices the fact that it's unjust and it's cruel. I mean, yeah. at length. Yes. This is unjust and cruel. Yeah. At length. Yeah. All of those speeches in the middle of the book. Yeah. You know, so that is very much acknowledged in the book. Yeah. Um, now, first of all, let's go to the first part. Let me just reiterate what I said before about that. The, the first part of the book doesn't really provide the answer, so, so let, let's not treat that part of the book like that, like this is why, mm. because at the end of the book, we still don't know why. Mm. So, which means, as I said before, we need to treat that opening scene like the tip of some infinite iceberg. Yes. Like, uh, like God has his ways and his reasons that are actually beyond reason, yeah. and, and, and we get a glimpse of something that happens, mm. so that, that becomes... The, uh, the the process by which this happens, but not why it happens necessarily. Yes. Okay. So God, you know, God didn't do it just out of a um, out of some game or contest with Satan. Yeah. Um, no, this is actually part of something even bigger than that, and that's just that's just the little bit that we see. Yeah, and 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 I I, I agree with that, Matt, because the narrative style here. In, in this novel, it's almost like those foreign films that you like so much, those dark foreign films, mm. Matt, where at the end of the film, like you're expecting, as you read through this at Job, you're yeah. expecting mm. the end of the court case scene. Yeah. You're expecting the end, you, you, that yeah. final wrap-up montage yeah, right. or something at the end where Satan drags his feet in and God says, see? Yeah, and, jo- and Job, you know, yeah. Job gets a heavenly applause yeah. and he, I don't know, turns up in heaven or something and, <laughs> and sees, ah, oh, this is what it's about, yeah. so that's all right then. There's nothing of that. Yeah, and there isn't even a, yeah. that's all right then. I mean, even even that last bit at the end yeah. where where God blesses Job again and he has twice yes. everything and, uh, well, even that isn't, necessarily a that's all right then yeah it's still there's still something left hanging yep. uh, in this book and the thing hanging is that i believe is that opening scene and that that's why i think that the answers and the problems that we have shouldn't be about the opening scene in heaven yeah because it's not sort of yeah. rectified in the yeah, end that's right so uh, look that's that's the first perspective okay yep. that's the second uh Second thing, I mean, I don't have points here. I'm just kind of thinking aloud here. Yeah, right. um, is when we when we struggle with things, uh, and we, we need to ask ourselves what are the what are the things that I'm presupposing here? Okay. Okay, I'm struggling with this. This doesn't make sense. So the the you know my philosophical training teaches me to go down to the level of presuppositions. What are the things that I'm assuming that is creating that you know that tension? Now, as we've said, there's 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 a kind of tension here that is unresolved and it's not meant to be resolved because ultimately this is about recognizing that God has that there somehow this works within God's eternal plan yes. and we don't we, we don't have the capacity to understand why yeah. and we've just said that that two chapter intro doesn't actually tell us why yes um, now one of the one of the presuppositions I think under this the presupposition about what is of the greatest value. So, uh, so th- there is something that happens in the process of this book. Something is drawn out of Job that obviously is of immense value to yes. God. Um, like, you know, God, 
draw and, and in a sense it's Job's faith really I mean to, this is you know Jesus said when the son of man comes will he find faith mm. on the earth so actually it's it, what he wants to see is faith mm. and so you get this sense that this blip of a life that we have when you think of an eternal scheme okay this tiny little blip of life that we have if it's like what is most valuable in this life isn't that we are comfortable or or that everything goes well for us or that we're happy or like I know and, and people put a lot of stock in those things you know my happiness and my a life relatively free of suffering and I'm not downplaying suffering here mm. I'm just saying that there may that that from a biblical point of view there's something of far greater value to come out of our lives, a greater result, and that result is faith. According to according to Jesus, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah. Now, Paul says it's by faith we're saved, right? And and the that faith has infinite value. Like you know, um, your your comfort and wealth and and freedom from suffering in this life. Well, it has has a very small amount of value, almost microscopic when it comes to I- eternity, yeah. but. But faith carries through. Our faith is our is our connection with God. Yep. And uh, and it's essentially faith is a willingness to let God be God. That that's a uh, you know a pretty good definition of faith, I think. Uh, and what happens in this process is all of these terrible things that happen. And I admit that they are. Yes, they're terrible things. But what we see emerging from Job is. In, in a sense, in the end, this greater faith, this greater sense of letting God be God. Mm. And also, you know, Job holds on all the way through. He doesn't curse God. Mm. He struggles like Jacob wrestling the angel, right? It's a struggle, yes. but he doesn't let go. Yep. And and so, if, if that and, – and here is, you know, like if, if we have the worst possible life, every – you know, everything uh, – you know, our life is, you know, 80 years of absolute hell. Mm. And yet through that, the the diamond of faith in all of the tension and the and the and, and the hellishness of it, if the diamond of faith emerges through that, yeah. then it seems to be that in God that in God's economy that's, worth it. that's actually the most important thing. Now, yeah. this is this is sounding very what I'm saying here now, there's an element of, of discomfort that I have about it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't take away the grievousness of suffering. No. Okay, so it doesn't. Um, and and also on the other end, I'm presenting a bit of a theodicy. I'm getting close to presenting a bit of a theodicy here, which yep. is a a reason why God would do something. Yes. And and I just want to, uh, I just want to pull a little bit back from that. But mm-hmm. certainly, what we do see here is something is proved about Job, and we do know that God. Uh, does things, and we see throughout Scripture that God allows things to happen to people because it, in a sense, it proves their faith. Not in the sense of a bet, no, you know, or a wager, or ah, there you see, He does have no. Yeah. By proving it means it actually brings it out. It brings it to the surface, mm. and it strengthens it, and and max, um, and um, sort of maximizes it. You know, yes. Uh, brings it to fruition. That's probably yes. a better way of putting it. And certainly, I think we see this in Job. Now, according you know, according to the Bible, almost anything is worth faith coming to fruition like that. Yeah. And why does it take this or that or that or that for that to happen? Well, we, we don't really know. Mm. Um, I think, you know, why is, why is that the greatest result in this, in this furnace of a life? Mm. Um, well, because... Faith is our connection with God, and that lasts forever. Yeah. It's like it has infinite worth. Remember, whatever happens to us in this life circumstantially, whatever yeah. pleasure or pain we have in this life, it's is all going to go. Very relative worth, microscopic. Well, like Paul, like Paul says, you know, everything is going to go faith, hope, and love That's remains. Right. You know, type yeah. of thing. And so that faith and love we have for God that he builds in us now, that's the eternal... Yeah, that's right. He says the sufferings that we go through are not worth comparing with the glories that yeah. will be revealed. So, so, I, so, I, I, my, so my reaction, you know, to build on top of that, Matt, and, and to give you a moment to, you know, have uh, to think where mm. we're going to go next, my reaction to a lot of that is a lot of the reaction we have to Job and thinking this is cruel is because we, we're not thinking about eternity 
you know, and the, and the bigger picture of mm. what our life is actually all about, that the life is not just here. Yeah. We, you know, whatever we get or don't get here, whatever we receive or don't receive here, is just the beginning introduction to the to the real life yeah. that we're we're going to have. That's right. And and Job himself actually alludes to that eternal perspective. Yeah. Yet in my flesh I will see God. Yeah. Uh, so so he he that actually comes in 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 there in in the middle in some sense. So I think that's that's an important perspective. And the Book of Job is a lot about perspective. Yeah. Um. Now. Um. The you know so so the the. Question alluded to the idea of God's omniscience. You know, if God knew that Job would yeah. carry through and do well in the end, well, why, why was that even worth it? Well, no, no. Okay, so God clearly knows what is what because it's not about well, Job had faith and then that was proved in the end of there you are, see he had faith. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it's drawn out. Mm-hmm. It comes to fruition through the end of this. Yeah. So, um, so and and clearly, God knew that was going to happen, and somehow deemed it worth the while. Yeah. So in, so instead of saying, so we could say, yeah, I don't think it was worth it. But hang on, who's, who is the one that sets values on things here? And the whole point of the book of Job is that God is God. Yes. And he is the one that sets values on things. Yeah. And according to God, the, the faith of Job that comes to fruition, yeah. the wisdom that he gains in the end through this is worth it. Is, I mean, what it, you know, uh, in the book of Proverbs, it says, get wisdom, though it cost you all you have, yeah. get wisdom. So, yeah. already in the wisdom literature, we have God saying, it's worth everything that you have to get this wisdom. And, and, the, and the problem, and again, I'm, I'll push back. There's only one thing that I want to push back in me. Well, actually, two things that I want to push back in Meg's wonderful essay. And yeah. I loved how she summed up a lot of people's problem with the book of Job. I, with the omnipotent part, Right, that argument about God being omnipotent, so why did he have to let it yeah. to see if he just knew? Yeah. Well, you take that thought and you go to its logical conclusion. Well, why did he create anything? Why are we here? Why are we even born? Because if God mm. knew, you know, he, you know, yeah. we could be born and then he snuffs us out straight away because he yeah. goes, I know infinitely every decision that's presented to you, I know what you're going to do, so why even be alive? Done and you yeah. like that sort of there's not Yeah, because let's face it, for most people living on the earth, yeah. uh, life has been a matter of suffering. Yes. And of course this is what the book of Job deals with. Yep. Because the fact that Job lived well and everything went well, that's a kind of exception in the ancient world. Yes. Uh, so and this is this is um, this gets us back to this whole issue of how can God, a good God, good omniscient, omnipotent yep. God exists in a world where there is evil. And we and we talked about that on the last episode of Thrive Perspectives. Yep. You can go and have a listen to that one. Um, you know, God, evil, and suffering, you know, the episode yep. 16 there. So, now, so just, just one more point. In Was there something else that I, you wanted one, to one, yep. la- one last little point. One last little point here. A lot of people, and Mega, oh, I'm going to pick on you because you've, you've sent us the essay here. Uh, and again, I want to reiterate, love what you wrote. But... A lot of people seem to stop in Job's utter despair when he, like, at the you know when he really gets to the bottom of the barrel, and he is down at these very, the very worst, and he's despairing on everything. A lot of people seem to stop on the in, with their emotional journey with Job there, mm. and when God reveals Himself and does what He wants to do and talks with Job, Job's then can I dare and say Job's okay about it. Mm. And Job becomes a better person and is, you know, realizes what he's, and he's learned a lesson. And sometimes us reading the book of Job, we don't get that lesson that Job, we still feel angry for something that Job doesn't feel angry about anymore. Yeah. I mean, he he has a, what's known as a theophany at the end of this. Mm. I mean, God turns up. And oh, yeah. you know, and 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 the other the other aspect of that question was about being told off by God at the end. And I actually think this is quite a good segue because we'll actually start having a look at this now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so again, uh, that's I think that question just brings out so many really important points. I mm. think it's just so valid. I think we're actually meant to 
work through that struggle. All yeah. of those things that Meg articulated are exactly the kinds of things. They're the sore spots yeah. that the Book of Job really wants, pushes yeah, on. That Book of Job pushes on. So, uh, thanks so much, Meg. You've 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 really entered into this and, and appreciate the chance to have this discussion on the exactly. basis of that. Exactly. All right. Let's say we've done that. We've set the scene. You know, we're about to enter into chapter thirty-eight. We're finally, finally, finally after all the discussions. Uh, you know, the young Ella who has his has has a big say. Everything goes quiet, and now we're about to enter in chapter thirty-eight where God shows up. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be back on Thrive Deeper. Hey there, family. It's your old pal DJ here interrupting another episode of Thrive Deeper. Now, please, don't fast forward through. (laughs) I know that some of you, as soon as you hear the music and me interrupting halfway through, you're pressing that skip forward button. And I understand you're busy people, got places to go, but I've got a new resource I want to share with you, a brand new resource that I want to tell you about. Let me paint a scenario. You might have a loved one in your family, a family member, a good friend, someone that you work with who is just asking those first questions around Christianity. They might be just looking into what this, you know, Christian thing is all about. Who is this Jesus guy and what does it actually mean? They might be asking you what you believe and what it means for you to be a Christian. Well, we've got a great resource that Matt has come up with. It's called Thrive New Christians. It is a 50-day walkthrough about what Christianity is actually all about. It's enabling you as as someone who is beginning to read the Bible and think about Christianity for themselves. Through 50 days, it gives them a bit of a platform to build on from. It's a great resource and the best thing is we want to give you this physical booklet for free. Absolutely free. We want to send it to you. Now, We don't want to send it to your friend out of the blue. We want to send it to you so you can give it to your friend or your family member and have a conversation around it. Okay, so all you have to do is head over to thrivetoday.tv and send us a message. Just leave a message for us there. You can find a way to contact us there on thrivetoday.tv and ask us about Thrive New Christians. Give us your address and we'll send it to you and uh, you can go from there. In light of that, we've also got that recent episode of Thrive Perspectives, the one about the big picture. Matt and I in under an hour looking at the big picture of what Christianity is all about. So with those two things in hand, an episode, a free episode of a podcast and a three booklet, free booklet for you to give to your friend, we'd love to think that we could offer you something there for free to really help with uh, you know your, your loved ones and your friends and family around you. That's what we want to encourage you to do. Share your faith and give you some tools to do that. All right, now, that's enough from me here. We'll see you over at thrivetoday.tv. Let's get back into the book of Job here on Thrive Deeper. You're back on Thrive Deeper. It is episode 104, our final part on the book of Job. We've just uh, been answering some of your questions as best as we can, but to really get into the answers, I think we need to get into these final five chapters of the book from mm. 38 onwards. This is uh, this is the exciting bit for me. The whole book is leading up to this moment where finally the God appears in a whirlwind, in a storm, in yep. some sort of, you know, um, wind environment, environmental thing in front of Job and his yep. friends, and God has his say. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's the Lord, it's Yahweh, where the capital capitalized L-O-R-D. Yep. It's, it's the personal name of God. So, it's not just a generic... Uh, L of the other yes. speakers. This is this is Yahweh turning up. He turns up in the in the storm, and it's interesting. After all of the questions, God comes back not with an answer but with a question. I think mean, this is the first <laughs> remarkable thing about this. Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? In other words, um, there is 
there is an infinite perspective here. Mm. You know, it's it's like one of the, one of those things where you you're confronted by a situation, you get really angry, and you know about five percent of the information. Yeah. And then you hear the other 95%. It's like, ah, oh, okay, you know, um, okay, I see a different perspective. Well, here we have 000, I mean, sorry, 0.0000. I mean, it's like, yeah, almost uh, as, long as, the, uh, as long as the street outside, yeah. uh, one. Uh, perspe- you know, uh, that, that's how little uh, perspective, that's how little knowledge. Yep. Uh, Job has here in, in God's perspective. Okay, yeah. so he says, "Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you will answer me." And then it goes through, "Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know." Uh, you know this kind of sarcasm. Surely you know, Job. Like you clearly. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's something, Job, in in all of the questions that he's asked. He he has he has presumed he's made a fundamental error. Yes. Uh, and the fundamental error is that he he thinks uh, he he hasn't taken his microscopically limited human perspective yep. into into consideration that he could possibly even begin to fathom uh, the things of God, and so so his you know his uh, desire for answers is not even an answerable desire yeah. in that in that sense. So um, so in beautiful. Perf- uh, poetic form. Oh. Uh, God works through all of the aspects of uh, of creation from yeah. you know from the, be- from the beginning of time. Yeah. Like you know who we like. He goes from the beginning of creation. Talking about donkeys and oxes. He, and, he goes and he, well. He goes from eagles. the beginning of creation to like to the wildness of the universe. He yeah. goes way out there in the universe, yeah. and then he sort of gets narrower and narrower and narrower. And then he spends. You know, this is something where. The more I read about this, the more I've reread these last bits, I've sort of learnt a bit about God's personality, I think, or about who he is, you know, type of thing. And he's someone who absolutely loves his animal creation. Yeah. Like he's someone, like, this is going to, I don't want to make it cheap when we're talking about God, but it's like God is like, you know, those planet documentaries on television that go into minute detail about every animal? I love them. That's yeah. what makes me tick. And you and certainly get that oh. from this. That there's this, there's this sense of celebration of the complexity of life. Yeah, and you know, and it's like, can you even understand this? Now, I mean, uh, t- today we might say, oh yeah, we do. Uh, but again, I think in our scientific perspective, I think we understand way. We think we understand way more than we actually do. Yes. So, a great example of this in an illustration that I saw actually in the book that I've referenced before, I think. I never remember whether it's this podcast or the Thrive Perspectives <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, the Island of Knowledge, a yes. book called The Island of Knowledge. Forget the author's name at the moment. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, where he describes uh, – he's, he's a non-Christian author, like a science uh, uh, writer and – he describes knowledge as like a growing island mm. in, in a vast ocean of ignorance. Yes. <laughs> and he says, so the, the, the shore of the island mm. is, is like our encounter with ignorance, okay? Mm. So as the knowledge grows, as the island grows, so do the, to the, the shores. Circumference. The, yeah, so yeah. The, the circumference, the shores of our <laughs> ignorance also grow. Wow. So as we, you know, the more that we know, actually the more that we don't know. That's a great thing to put. And, and I, think, I think that's an important perspective here because some people say, oh, no, yeah, we know all about these things. We know how all of this works. Yeah. Well, yes, we know more about it, but again, the more that we know, the more we don't know, according to... And the other, other thing, and, and, and literally, I, I, and this is not, I, you know, because getting into the flow of these last couple of chapters about God's speech here to Job, I've, I've re-listened to it over and over and over again in, in a, on an audio app in multiple translations. Yeah. And the thing that really came out to me as I listened to it again is... Uh, is you know, and again and again and again, is that God is is explaining himself through the animal kingdom, but not in just the observable animal kingdom. Yeah. He's he's saying, to, tell me if I've, got, if I've got it right, or if I've gone down another yeah. DJ rabbit trail, I've walked out yeah. onto that limb, Matt. God is sort of, God, I feel God is saying, I am communicating to the animals and motivating the animals Understanding the motivations of the animals, yeah. they understand what I'm asking them to do. Like this one is cunning, 
the ostrich is an idiot and stupid and I'm happy with that and she's happy with that and we're totally cool yeah. with it. And he's sort of like he's motivating and understanding the animal's personalities. Mm. They have a relationship with God and understand him. But he, and I sort of, the more I'm hearing him talk about it, it's not like scientific facts. It's all more like a intimate relationship yeah. with the animal kingdom. I know it's remarkable. And yeah. and he's and I sort of use out of feeling like in the end, it's a contrast to God saying, "I can do it with all the animal kingdom, big and small, the entire universe, but I can't do it with you, Job. Like you, <laughs> like you don't get it yet. You don't you don't understand this relationship we have." <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't well, know. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, uh, you, you, there, there may be that dynamic. I think the point here is that God. This is God is describing Him being God. Yes. Yes. Essentially. Yep. So, and Him being God means means this meticulous providence, uh, this relationship with every living creature all at the same time, mm. not just. The deist, he winds up the naturalistic no, processes no, no, no. and then lets it go. No, no, he's actually involved oh. intimately, intimately in the life of every animal. Yeah. I mean, what a perspective that is. Man. From the, like, thanks, Book of Job, we'll close it there. That's almost enough for, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, and God is saying to Job, can you do that? Yeah. You know, like, I, I am God, this is what I do. I am involved with every living creature all at the same time. I know everything that's happening. I'm not only that, but I'm actually I'm actually a part of all of these natural processes yes. from the creation of the universe right through to the eagle and yep. the ox and the so forth. Yeah, controlling, con- not only am I controlling the stars that you can see out as far as you can see, the universes yep, yep. that you, you haven't even comprehended, <clears throat> I am controlling how they're working. I'm controlling the weather. I'm controlling yep. the oceans, I'm yep. controlling the land, and not only that, I'm controlling animals of all different types and, and species and everything. Um, you know, how about that, Job? You know, yep. type of thing. It's like that that so so now that we've established who I am, answer me. Yeah, and and, and of course then Job answers uh, in Chapter 40, verse 3, Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy, how can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice, and I will say no more. Uh, And and just to refer back to Meg's question about, is he told off? Yeah. Well, it's not not really told off. It's dripping in sarcasm. Yeah, it's, there's, because again, all the way, and and in fact, in the end, uh, God says, uh, he, he rebukes the, the friends and says, yes. because you did not speak well of me as my servant Job did. Yeah. So, actually, Job gets commended through this. Now, this doesn't mean there's any, there's any, th- sorry, this doesn't mean that there's no room for growth or correction. And there is a sense of correction oh, in this. So, 100%. Yeah, that's right. So, so he's, he's speaking to something. And th- again, this is what this book is about. Because remember, like, we're meant to learn this lesson. This is what the you know Job's um, response here is. That that's meant to be us. Yeah. You know that that this is like these moments of wisdom. Yes. You know I am unworthy. How can I reply to? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice I will say no more. That looks like th- there are proverbs that are shaped like that. Yeah. You know, even the fool is considered wise if yes. he keeps his mouth shut. Yes. You know. Um, and, and you, you, you tie. Sorry, Matt, to interrupt mm. you because it, it, the structure mm. in the end here is God actually gives two speeches. Yeah, you know, so God, we're going to get into the. We'll second get into one. the second one. Job. Job has that tiny intermission in the middle because yeah. God, God says, "Radio, speak." Yeah. He says, "I should have said anything." Basically, yeah. But I, I, I should have. I should have learnt my lesson. Oh, he, he's, he's completely blown away. Yeah. Like he's actually literally speechless. And he's and he's learning the lesson. He's he, yeah. Job is learning the lesson that God's doing. And God goes, "Not finished." Gives another yeah. big speech, and then Job's Job's conclusion at the end of that is even more profoundly like. I now I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Well, well, let's we'll, we'll consider the the final bit because actually, the the final response of Job actually is really the high point yes. of this book. It's, All right. it's the uh, uh, now the interesting thing about the second speech is uh, is the presence of both Behemoth and Leviathan. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean Behemoth. Okay, um, a lot of people think. Uh, I mean, I've heard all sorts of ideas of what this is. Hippopotamus, yes. translated, uh, and Leviathan is a crocodile. Or, or some kind of dinosaur, I've yeah. heard. Well, can I just say, it's definitely not a hippopotamus and a crocodile. That is ridiculous. Yep. That This is something 
vast. These are yeah. vast creatures that I believe that we just don't have. Loch Ness, are, Loch Ness monster. <laughs> could be. We just don't have. Well, they're yeah. extinct animals. Yeah. You know, they could be dinosaurs. Well, they could they could be some sort of. Okay. You know, well, let me let me um, let me suggest something oh, here, here with, le- with Leviathan. Here we go. Uh, this is. Um, well, this is in my research on this. So, so this is not a uh, a way out theory. Mm. Um, it is looking at Leviathan. So, chapter forty one. You know, can yes. you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook? And it's the whole thing is about Leviathan. Yeah, and it describes Leviathan as breathing fire. Um, uh, it's this kind of serpent dragon. Basically, looks exactly like a dragon. Yeah, it's it's you know, and so. Now, Leviathan turns up in a, in, in a number of places in the scriptures, Isaiah 27, um, in that day the Lord will punish with his sword, uh, Leviathan the gliding serpent, Leviathan the, the coiling serpent, he will slay the monster of the sea. Mm. Okay, so now remember, there is the presence of this figure in ancient Near Eastern mythology, uh, this dragon serpent in the realm of the sea, uh, it's quite... Uh, it's all over the place. Mm. And it, this creature stands, in a sense, for the forces of chaos, like the guardian of the forces of chaos, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and lo- so, for example, again, Psalm 74, it was you who split open the sea by your power. So, no, it's always connected with the sea. Yes. Uh, and remember, we've, in, in, anci- in the ancient world, the sea is associated with the powers of death and chaos and evil, mm-hmm. in a sense, as well. Um, you broke the heads of the monster in the waves it was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan. You know, so again, and then, um, uh, and so Job is, it seems that it's this figure that is being referred to here. And let me read from the Lexham Bible Dictionary, uh, which says, the physical description of Leviathan in Job 41 clearly depicts a creature that cannot be tamed or subdued by human power. Mm-hmm. In this case, the writer of Job clearly uh, appropriated imagery to make the rhetorical point that only Yahweh was powerful enough to keep the forces of chaos at bay. Whether the description in Job 38-41 to moves from physical creation to mythological imagery, the message is the same. Uh, Yahweh, not Job, is the crea- is the sovereign creator who has absolute power over creation. So, what may be happening here is is that, he, that there is is working with a figure that is mythological. But remember, the Bible works with the figure of the serpent. Mm-hmm. There, there is a sense of validation of that. Yes, there is a serpent. There is uh, a dragon. There, yeah, there is this dragon, and because of course, as we know, he comes back in Revelation, Book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, he's described like he's just an, another creature in creation, but in, in fact, I think um, I think this is referring possibly to Satan. Wow! Wow! Okay, I've heard that before. Yeah, I've heard that before. That, that's that's my that, that's what I think, and I, I'm putting it cautiously. I'm saying yes. possibly, but what what certainly is happening here is that a figure is being drawn f- from. Ancient Near Eastern mythology, mm. okay, put these things together. Yep. That is incorporated also into the Bible at yep. points yep. Uh, in, in association with the forces of chaos, comes back in Revelation, yep. is brought in here. Mm. Uh, I, I, he, it's like, can, can you, it's almost like he's saying here, and particularly if, you know, since we have Satan appearing in the start of this book, it's like, can you, uh, you know, can you subdue this monster? Mm. Having worked through all of creation, and mm. and of course no, but God can. Yeah, I hear. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the other side and say that it could hint at that. I'm open for that as yep. an interpretation. But I think clearly because he finishes. I mean, God finishes off his speech at the end of 41, saying of all of the creatures of you know, and he's talking about all the greatest thing, created yep, things yep. that he's done. Of all of the creatures of all the animals in the animal kingdom, mm. he says this one is the king of the beasts. This is the king of them all. The most powerful, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so, okay, I, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't leave. think that necessarily takes away, but I know, but I know, it may weigh against it, yeah. But again, I, don't, I really don't think it needs to be an either or. Yeah. I think it can be both. Yeah, you know, as as mo- multiple things in scripture, I think it could, it, it could, it could represent one thing. And yeah. actually, have yeah, something sure. else in the yeah. background there. Yeah. I have yeah. no problem. With I mean, that. My, you know, mine is a suggestion, and I, and yeah. I probably lean towards that. But at, in the end, 
who really knows what this is. Yeah, I, well, I, I personally believe it's something that we don't yeah. have anymore, some giant, yeah. you know, callback to the dinosaurs, something, you know, some crazy sea Quite monster possibly. creature. We're, we're in the an- we're ancient times here, so... Yes. And, right, and, yeah, and, 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 the, and the stories of the Leviathan, like you say, yeah. in mythology and ancient history, uh, you don't even have to look back into that ancient history. Just a few hundred years ago, seafarers were still talking about giant mm. sea creatures and stuff like that. And again, mm. I know, that, but this is taking it, even just taking it literally, it's an amazing picture of God saying, even the most fantastical thing that you are, you are mm. so scared of, yeah. That's right. It's my so, pets. So whatever it is, it's you know, the message is the same. Yeah, yeah that's exactly, right. yeah. exactly. Okay, so we get to the last, um, the last section. That this last section. This is the climactic moment uh, of the book of Job. Yeah. Uh, then Job replied to the Lord, "I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted." You asked, "Who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge?" Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Now this that statement. I would suggest is like the high point of wisdom. It's like that is wisdom. It's because, the, you know, what does Proverbs say about wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. Knowledge of the Holy One is not... Uh, uh, um, and uh, uh, can you look up Proverbs 9, 10? I want to get the exact phrasing of that. Yep. Um, so, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom means that the beginning of wisdom is recognizing the infinite difference between us and God. That's what the fear of the Lord is, this, this sense of awe, uh, this, uh, this sense of being overwhelmed, overpowered by the greatness of God. So it's a recognition. The fear of the Lord is that um, very, not just an intellectual recognition, but a recognition through encounter, like an existential uh, recognition mm. of the infinite Difference between us and God, and this is exactly what is recognized here in in Proverbs nine ten in the New Living Translation. Okay, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in understanding. Yep, that's it. Yep, um, and yeah. and I, that, that's I, pretty close to the other translation. And I lo- and I love exactly. I love how, like your point there, Matt, that this is it 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 it, it rings. There's a, there's a ring of this. We hear. Again, if this is an early book that happens early in the narrative of history, we hear this same attitude, this sound, like if it's a tuning fork, yeah. we hear this same ringing in the words of multiple people at different points in history. Yeah. Like Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. when he comes out of the stupor, there's a sense here that he's, yeah. he's had the same experience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've seen something, I've experienced something, someone who has made me realize my place in the world, how vast it all is, yeah. and I? what was I even thinking? Yeah, that's right. You know? I, I, I love the story, actually, of Thomas Aquinas, one the, you know, possibly the greatest theologian of the Christian church. I mean, in, term, in terms of what he wrote, just millions of words, uh, you know, multi-volume yeah. from as wide as this studio yeah. uh, in, in theology, you know, and, and at the end of his, towards the end of his life, he had some encounter with God that caused him to say all of that is like straw. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that he said it was wrong. He just, it just, he said it's, Nothing. it just absolutely blew his mind. And it's yeah. like this Job like moment. And according, and so what we get to is this moment of wisdom. Mm. And, you know, as, as it says in Proverbs chapter four, get with this, it says, the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom, mm. though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. And what Job, gets here is wisdom and it did cost him all all he had and yeah. and you know is it worth it well according to god and god's economy yeah. it it actually wisdom is worth that much and not just according to and this is what i want to ring back because everybody i'm bringing back meg's words from the beginning yeah. and even sam's and marks and everybody else who's written and when i've mentioned the book of job everyone has this not everyone some people have this issue because they go i don't like that god mm. i don't like this cruel god mm. well uh, well, no, no, well, well, actually, we don't. I mean, this is the, this is actually the the essential element of the human condition is yeah, that we, we don't like this God because we want to know, we want to be in control. It needs to seem fair to us. Yes, we want to set the values. And but all the, of that. but my point always is, well, hang on, you haven't had any of this happen to you. Job had a, had a, had it happen to him, and in the end, 
He says, I'm sorry, I repent. I'm in sackcloth and ashes. I shouldn't have said, like, he got it. How yeah. are you standing here all these years later looking on at something that you're, you're living in the lap of luxury mm. and you're upset about it? Job isn't. Yeah, well, and, and again, again, the, the book is inviting us to be upset about yeah, it. So, I, actually, I that, that, that reaction is actually what... Um, is is what the book is. So, so actually, being upset at the book is like, oh, you've got it. Yes. But but again, what the book is doing is pressing on that sore spot to bring us to this very point. Mm. And what Job gains here is not a theoretical thing. Mm. Like he actually, he 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 actually has this theophany, this realization of God mm. that literally changes everything. Because you could you might say, well, why didn't God just explain this to him? Like. <laughs> In the sense, you know, in the end, he has because actually on paper it doesn't look like much. I spoke of things I didn't understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Like, ah, oh, yeah, well, okay, so there's a lot that we don't understand. Really, mm. he had to go through all of that to. Why didn't someone just tell him, Job? Mm. Yeah, there's lots of stuff that you don't understand. No, no, that's it's not the it's not the proposition that he gains. Yeah. It's the encounter. Mm. It's that in, that encounter that completely repositions him. Mm. He, he is completely repositioned by this. I mean, he is stripped back. It's like Job dies. Mm-hmm. The old Job dies away and a new Job emerges. Mm. Um, is it worth it? In God's economy, this is worth it because what you have here is this Job who is in like clay in the hands of God. He is... In this moment of supreme wisdom and understanding, he's in this moment of supreme faith, uh, and it cost him everything that he had. Yeah. And according to Proverbs chapter four, it's all worth that. It. The beginning of the wisdom, beginning of wisdom, is get wisdom though it cost you all you have. And and he has that. He has the phrase that is is quite you know. Um, quoted many times in forty two, right at the end there, five and six. It's the last things. It's the last. It's the last things that we hear from yeah. from Job himself. I heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Yeah, he got it. Yeah, that's right. He got it. In the uh, I've got the NIV here says, therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And I think that's a good. Yeah. Uh, the despise myself isn't. I mean, in, you know, in a sort of postmodern terms. <laughs> oh no, you got to love. You got to love yourself. No, it's not. That's not what this is about. He 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 really. It's like there is so much value in what he's now just become. Yeah. That he despises what he was by comparison. It's what like did I this say is a gift, yes. God. Yeah. What you have made me into. Mm. I mean, you know, and, and this is. God has brought something out and reshaped Job, like literally, you know, put him through this this uh, thing, this ordeal, and it's completely stripped him back, and it's like recreated Job, uh, you know, out of the flames. This new Job comes, and he says, uh, "It's like, ah, uh, I despise that before mm-hmm. is despicable compared to this, yep. you know, compared to this new perspective in this new me in this sense." And so, you know. And, you know, and repent in dust and ashes. I mean, the last words of Job, I repent in dust and ashes. So, I'm turning away from that Mm -hmm. and I'm now going this way. I just think it's a beautiful ending to this book. It's it's amazing. Well, we've got one, the final little section here. Let's let's go here. But again, just to bring, even though we don't get the scene, just to sum it up really quickly, Lord isn't finished speaking. Lord's yeah. like, okay, thank you, Job. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Now, your three loser friends over here, yeah. he really goes after him. He go, and he names, uh, you know, a, a life as, a, 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 you know, he's the ringleader. He's like, I've got something against you, but you're going to talk to my servant, Job. Yeah. He's going to pray for you. I And, and, and in, that, in the idea of karma that keeps coming up in the book and you deserve yeah. this and you don't get this and yeah. you deserve this you know the god makes a really interesting play at the end and says and says yeah. you deserve my judgment but my 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 well the hebrew word uh, you know my slave job is going to pray yeah. for you i'll accept that prayer and you won't get what you deserve yeah so he disrupts their whole argument by that little statement yeah. and then job is blessed you know, Job is blessed. Double the money, double the wealth. His wife is still there. They have the all the, the kids back again. Not the same yeah. kids, obviously. They have another family. Beautiful daughters, the most beautiful daughters in all the land. Yeah, so amazing. It goes against all cultural. Ba- you know, uh, Job is such a righteous person that he even gives an inheritance the same as the men, his sons to the daughters, and it's all happy ending in the end. Yeah, 
Uh, well, well, and of course, the best thing is where Job gets to in this. But that's a really important point because uh, Eliphaz is rebuked by God, but he doesn't. He's not judged, but he's not judged because Job acts as an intermediary. No, you know, I think this is. I think this is remarkable. Yeah, it's uh, such a remarkable ending. Um, yeah. So um, it's interesting that you say about the slave thing, uh, because yes, but. Uh, Slavery then meant something very different than what it does now. It's like Look, bond service. I, I, this is a whole Someone thing. Who, the, slaves are almost part of the family as yes. bonded servants. I'm on a, uh, I'm, I'm on a big word study. I, in my I know own you person. are because you sent me or you shared something on, on Facebook I, or something about... I'm t- I've, I've got a big thing. I'm, I'm on a big word study, my own personal journey at the moment. I'm doing a word study through the scripture about slavery and, and, and this, you know, positive, negative, everything like that, and my position in Christ as a slave and blah, 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 blah. And I just love the fact that this word here can be translated bond servant, servant, slave. Yeah. But God, God is calling Job, in, you know, as part of this right relationship with him, yeah. saying that this is the guy that's part of my family, yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, that's right. And and you need to come to him. He's going to be, in, he's going to yeah. intercede for you. And I'll accept that intercession, so you won't get what you deserve. You still deserve yeah. it, and because there's a sense there in which he's saying Job is serving me, but you're not. You yes, haven't been serving. Yes, me. yes, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It, it's it's full on. So I guess okay, Matt. So let's 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 wrap it up. I know how much you and I love this book but for those of those of us who are listening and meg and 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 and, and again meg we'll, we'll, we we won't keep picking on you here but i know people will still be like yeah guys that's all good and i've heard all that before and i've read all that before and hopefully maybe something is flicked over and they've gone yeah. okay get it but i'm sure some people are going to go no i'm still upset this still doesn't mm. answer my issues I mean, in one sense, look, the wager that, that, if you want to call it a wager, the discussion that the accuser Satan has with God at the beginning is answered in the fact yeah. that the the proposition was, you take everything away, he will not serve you. And yeah. God says, no, he will. Well, he does. He, yeah. Job does serve yeah, him that's at right. the end. Yeah. That proposition is, is, is answered in that yeah. sense. But some people still can't get past the fact that this just feels cruel. This just feels nasty. Even though at the end that Job is okay with it, Job and his family are okay with it, Job is known as having a blessed, long life, a good life, mm. and everything is okay, some people just go, yeah, but it feels a bit... Yeah. I don't like this story yeah, in the Bible. And that's, and that's because we are inevitably stuck in the middle part of the book. In thinking about it and talking about it, that's where we're in that part of the book. Now, how does Job get to where he? Because God turns up. He literally he has this encounter with God that changes everything. And there is this sense that what we need actually is not to think about things more. I mean, and and not discounting that, okay? Because we do need to think through things. You know, we need to learn. We need to read the scriptures. And and but at the end of the day. What we really need is the fear of the Lord. I mean, that's that's what this book is is teaching us: is that all of the knowledge, all of the good theology, and we've acknowledged the fact that Eliphaz and his friends uh, actually have pretty good theology, yeah. um, but it, it doesn't. It's it it's not enough. That's not enough. What we see is that ultimate wisdom perspective, where God turns up, and there's something about the the magnitude of the presence of God that puts all of the linguistic stuff, all of the theology and everything, that just puts it in perspective. And um, and so, yes, in the Job actually is okay with it in the end. Why? Because Job has this encounter with God. And what we are encouraged to do, I think, uh, in response to this book, is actually to seek that same fear of the Lord that Job actually gains in the end. And it's not a theoretical thing. We actually need to seek God. Seek God. If you're confused, if you feel like God is unfit, great. What what do the Psalms do? They take all of that to God. They complain to God. They wrestle with God like Jacob wrestled with God. It's like struggle with God, but don't let go and keep struggling. And keep struggling with God until you get there. And it's it's the emergent encounter with God that we have through that process that actually completely reshapes us so that we look at everything differently. And so, 
This is what we're encouraged. This is a process. We're encouraged to seek wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the book of Job is pointing us to that process. Seek God. You know what? I'm going to be sort of sad to leave Job behind us as we move on into the book of Ecclesiastes next fortnight. I've really enjoyed our time with Job and believe it or not, even his friends over the last few weeks. Well, I'm reminded yet again through the words there of Matt that uh, this book, the book of Job, is part of the wisdom literature we have in our Old Testament because the end of it is all about getting to know God and that is the beginning of wisdom. Well, we're going to going to continue through the books of wisdom. We've got Ecclesiastes coming up in a fortnight, and we'd love you to be a part of it. So please, in the meantime, head over to thrivetoday.tv, get in contact with us. We've got that brand new booklet we'd love to give to you, Thrive New Christians. Please get in touch with us there. And remember, you can always support us over on thrivetoday.tv as well. We'll see you next fortnight. Remember, Thrive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.